Well, good evening, everybody. It's good to see you. Glad you blew in. It's a little bit windy, isn't it? But you know, hey, it was better than it was, what, two weeks ago or three weeks ago? I mean, you know, I, I, we were asking, said, you know, I mean, I know this is Oklahoma and it's springtime and it's windy every year, but it seems worse this year. I don't know what the deal is, but we're, we're sure glad you're here. What a blessing it is. Well, let me ask you a question. Are you expecting? Yeah. Amen. I'll tell you what, we are blessed to have the Bobby Bowen family here. Uh, we're going to have them sing in just a little bit. We're going to give them a little more time to to uh, serenade us and bless us and uh, let them minister. They've been traveling from uh, Arizona. They came through Oklahoma, went to Arizona, uh, New Mexico, and then they're coming through on their way back to Nashville. They live in the Nashville area, and uh, we know them if you're, if you're familiar with here, but we sure love them and how much, they're, how much of a blessing they are. So... We're going to, before, before Gary prays, I want to remind you, I may mention it again, but just in case I don't, our spring fish fry will be April 30th at 5 p.m. We're going to hand you some things out on the way out. It's in your bulletin. Take note of that. And it's at Camp Clearview, which is from this intersection. As you leave, if you went on south to Drummond, you would go two and a half miles just across Turkey Creek Bridge on the east side. East, you turn there, and it's back off the road a little ways. There's a little fellowship hall, indoor and outdoor uh, type seating and, and uh, place to be. It's, it's a neat, neat place if you haven't been there. And so make sure and make plans to be there and attend that. So we're going to open with a word of prayer. Gary's going to open for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this place. We thank you for all the people that's here. We thank Pastor Kelly for bringing us the word. Bless each and every one of us. Bless this service. Bless the music. Bless everyone here. And may you go home with us. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If somebody would walk around outside and there's a big old rock outside this door, shove that rock up against that door so it doesn't blow and flap and I can hear it making noise already. So, <clears throat> Kevin or somebody, please. Thank you, sirs. Well, let's give uh, the Bowen family a round of applause and let them bless us with some music. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's good to be back with y'all again. On a hill far away stood an old rugged cross the emblem of suffering and shame and I love that old cross where the dearest and best for a world of lost sinners was slain so I'll cherish the old rugged cross till my trophies at last I Oh, that. 
so I'll cherish thee, old rugged cross, till my trophies at last I thankful for that old rugged cross. He became sin who knew no sin that we might become his righteousness. He humbled himself and carried the cross. Love so amazing so amazing Jesus Messiah name above all names blessed redeemer Emmanuel the rescue for sin from heaven Jesus Messiah Lord of all His body the bread His blood the wine broken and poured out all for love the whole earth trembled and the veil was torn Amazing, your love so amazing, yeah, Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel, the rescue for sin. Redeemer, Emmanuel, 
Thank you. Oh, we're so glad. I always look forward to coming to Eden and being with y'all. We started our first time here was back in uh, January of 2009. And uh, how many times do you think we've been here so far? 20-something? 20-something times. And uh, I always look forward to coming back. And y'all look good out there tonight. How many, y'all feeling good? They don't even look windblown. Yeah, your hair looks good, too. <laughs> how did that happen? I guess y'all just get kind of used to it out here, but uh, we were talking before we got here. You think we could live here? No. I said I'd have to cut my hair off. I would just couldn't, couldn't keep the long hair if I lived out here. Put it in a ponytail. There you go. Braid it, put it in a ponytail or something. Wear a hat or something. Anyway, this is my wife. She hadn't been here in about three or four years. And uh, it wasn't because she didn't want to. It's because I made her stay home, though. No. He actually forgot me. The last few times we've been here, I, it's been me and uh, two of my daughters. One of them's down there on the end. But uh, our daughter that was here last time has been here every time except this time. Started school, got graduated from high school, started college, and uh, left us. But uh, my wife stepped in there, and we just keep on keeping on for the Lord. And so she's glad to be here. I grew up in the southwest corner of Arkansas. I always thought I'd marry somebody from Arkansas or Texas or Oklahoma or Louisiana, somewhere in the south. But just to show you, the Lord does have a sense of humor. He got me hooked up with a Yankee from Michigan, of all places. Are you from Michigan? Your son, where at? You know where that is? Fit? Is that over by Saugatuck? Okay. Yeah, we don't know where that is either. So, <laughs> anyway, she... Okay, we know where Ann Arbor is. She comes from the southern part of Michigan, around Sturgis, Michigan. Y'all know where? Yeah, that's right. But uh, y'all make her welcome to Eden. Her name is Becky. That's my wife, Becky, right there. Thank you very much. I, I uh, my dad was raised in Oklahoma, so there, I have a little bit of connection there, actually. And uh, I am happy to be here. I've missed y'all, and I hope that everybody is doing well. We have, life has been a little interrupted the last couple years, hasn't it? We've lost, um, we've lost some friends and some, well, I'm not sure if we've lost, yeah, I have lost a family member. A um, lot of friends, though, a lot of acquaintances, pastors, people that we've known for a long time have left us and gone on due to this interruption. And, um, you know, the thing about it when you're a Christian and the person that you lose is a Christian. They're with Jesus. The Bible tells us that for sure. And we don't grieve as the world grieves, do we? We're sad, we are for sure sad, but we have an underlying peace, an underlying confidence and assurance. I dare say there's even a little bit of joy. There's a joy that's down in there because we know where they are and we know we're gonna see them again. And with each passing of a friend, as the years go by and I get older, there is a growing desire in me and a yearning to see Jesus. He's the one we just sang about. He bore that old rugged cross. He's the Messiah. He's our soon coming King. 
but there is a growing desire to see him face to face. He's going to look into my eyes. He's going to look into your eyes. You're going to look into his eyes. He's going to say to you, welcome home. She just drew her last breath She just felt her final pain And the teardrops on her face The hand of God just wiped away Absent from the body With Jesus at last Destination heaven Cares all past Carried by angels To the land of life Where dreams will last forever Makes me want to go home The valley's shadow of death That everyone must pass through If you hold the Savior's hand He will lead and comfort you. Absent from the body, with Jesus at last, destination heaven, cares all past, carried by angels to the land of life, where trees will last forever.
Amen. I'm looking forward to it. How about you? My dad's been in heaven for about five and a half years. My wife's mother has been in heaven for over 20 years. Both of them left this world, died of cancer. But like Becky said, they both knew the Lord. And they're in heaven. And we know the Lord. And one of these days, we're going to get to see them again. That's going to be awesome. You've got family members and friends, the same thing. You get to see them again. That's going to be the greatest, the biggest family reunion we've ever experienced down here on this earth. Amen? Amen. Well, she's back again. She's been here every time we've been here. She's 16 years old now, down at the end. That's our daughter Faith right down there. Can you all give Faith a hand? Faith's going to sing a song for you. We serve a God who is mighty to save here tonight. Amen. Everyone needs compassion, a love that's never failing. Let mercy fall on me. Everyone needs forgiveness, the kindness of the Savior. Yeah. 
Faith, Faith, they gave you a big hand there. I think they like you more than they like me, but that's all right. Watch out, Kevin. <laughs> you know, we've been singing some uh, kind of slow, medium-tempo songs. How many here like really fast songs? Okay. Three people. That's great. That's, that's right. Enough to do it. I'm talking about barn-burning kind of fast songs, really, really fast. You have to hang on to your seat or it'll get away from you. Faith featured on this one right here. We're going to sing this one, then turn it back over to your pastor. We'll come back and sing a few more songs after he brings us a great message from the Lord. I can't wait to hear it. It's a song called I Know. It goes like this right here. If you don't like that, I'm just sorry. I ain't even going to apologize. I like that. That's good stuff. We want to make a few uh, more announcements, just a couple. Uh, I hear there's a birthday girl in the house. I think she sits right up there in a blue shirt, Donna Prochaska. I think I heard she was 39. 
Is that right? <laughs> well, we won't even ask, but boy, I tell you what, uh, we want to sing happy birthday. Is there anybody other, any other birthdays that we needed to catch? I just heard about that one. Sometimes we do. Let's sing happy birthday to Donna. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Donna. Happy birthday to you. I don't know why I took my hat off to sing to you, but I guess that's a that's a polite thing to do, ma'am. Yes, amen. Well, all right. Uh, wanted to let you know we do have some more of the confession books I'd mentioned that I the daily confession uh, books that give you a scripture and a way to positively start different areas of your life. And and if you'd like one of those, you can catch Whitney, you can catch my wife, you can ask me about them. I didn't lay them out, but uh, but uh, you are welcome to one. I want to let you know we got a few more of those. Uh, I also wanted to uh, announce, uh, or just let you know, if you'd like to give, you can sow a seed, give in the buckets that you see at all these entrances. There's here and up there. And if you make your checks out, uh, if you write checks, there it's tax deductible. If you want cash, there are some envelopes. If you want to be, you know, have your uh, recorded, they'll keep track of it. You can put it in there and put your name, obviously, on that. And don't just stick it in the envelope. And, you know, we got to know who you are. But, uh, that's a that's a good way for you to do that. And you can give online if you're watching online, ctccenid.com. Uh, we set up that website so that you can do that if you'd like and uh and you can uh, make uh there's a email there's a physical address too, but I don't remember what it is. It's on the Facebook page, I know. You can find it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go before the Lord and let's pray over this offering. Father, we just thank you and praise you that Lord, we don't give because we, we, feel, we feel pressure to give. We give because we trust you. And Lord, in this time, in this time where things are, 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 we're being stretched in a lot of ways, we thank you, Father God, that you are our source. And Lord, when we give, we're declaring the lordship of Jesus Christ over our finances. I thank you, Father God, that we are standing in faith with every person who gives, is a giver tonight or is a regular giver into this ministry. And we're believing, God, with you that every need be met, that your supply comes from the, from the mighty hand of God, that you're tapped into a heavenly economy that's not limited by this earthly economy. That, Father, if one stream stops, as we see an example in your word, that another would be led to another source, another way, that we're tapped into a supply that is far beyond what is what is uh, what is the limit of this world and father we just thank and we praise you that for this church and for the every member every person who attends and everyone who sows and gives we thank you and praise you for the multiplied return on that seed and on that so sowing we praise you for it in jesus name amen and amen well you know as we get ready to open the word tonight um, i was uh, as I always do, try to spend my time on Tuesdays kind of kind of set apart. I, there's, there's always things that come up. There's things that have to be done. I had to take a horse to the vet. Uh, it wasn't anything, fortunately, too serious, but uh, after men's Bible study and and had to get on and, and and get some of that taken care of and a few other things, but but you know as I was praying and just seeking the Lord, you know the last two days in my morning Bible study that I do on Facebook, uh, I, I've gone to a couple of scriptures and I I began. Let's turn to Acts chapter thirteen. I, I I was I was going 
to these verses. And, you know, just rereading, I've read through the book of Acts and, and I've studied the life of Paul, but I began to see some things that are just stirring to me. There, there's just things that are, that are encouraging to me. And, and I see where we know the Apostle Paul faced great challenges. The Apostle Paul experienced things that most of us will, will never experience. He, he experienced things that were very difficult. He, he was imprisoned. He was beaten. He, he was, you know, lied about on a regular basis. I mean, there were the, the, original, the original fake news, we, we see it throughout. I mean, you know, there, there was all this talk of the fake news. And, well, there was all this fake news going on. We'll just tell it what it is. There's all kinds of stuff like that going to, you know, but, boy, I mean, they really stirred things up against Paul at different times. But you know, something that, that God stirred in me about his life, an example for this message tonight, is that he just let God have it. That's the title of this message, Let God Have It. I don't mean, you know, step out there and give God, you know, shake your feet. I'm not saying give him, let God have it that way. I'm saying whatever it is, Whatever's burdening you, whatever's causing you to stumble, whatever, whatever causes you to be in fear, whatever challenge you have in life, give it to God. You know, because that's what the Apostle Paul did. His example is amazing. He said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength in Philippians 3.14. That's a, a familiar verse to us. He also said in verse 19 that my God shall supply all my need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I tell you what, He supplies all our need. That doesn't just mean financial need. That means every need. I like the way the King James says it, need. Didn't even put an S on it. That just means all-inclusive. Every need you'd have. And so that's the kind of God that we serve, and that's how Paul lived his life. But you know, sometimes there's questions that come. Or sometimes there's, we, we ask why, why this, why that, why, why different types of things. And, and we wonder why, you know, just the thought of, of the loved ones passing, you know, it, it reminds me over the last two years of how many people are not here now because they've passed away or they've gotten to a point in their life where they can't come along. I, I, could, I could count up and, you know, one day I got to counting how many people had passed away or, or were unable to attend anymore because of either COVID or, or the results of, of life over the last two years. And, and it got up over 40 real quickly. It's amazing how many individuals, people that you can look back on. So the first pictures, whenever we were running about 150, about right before COVID started, and, and, and how many of those people are gone. And, and yet, the joy that we have, like he said, to know where they are. It, it's tough sometimes when we experience those things. I can think of so many. I look in here and, and, and I got to quit or I'm, I'm going to get emotional of those that have gone on. And I don't want you to get, have to get emotional either. But I can tell you this, the God that we serve, the concern of life and the worry of the stress and the, and the anxiety of those things, he, he tells us to give, he, he teaches us to leave it with God. But I want you to see here in Acts chapter 13, it's pretty neat as I begin to, uh, to focus on one of these verses, uh, I believe it was Monday morning, I, was, I went back and I read some of these other verses or what was going on here. And the Apostle Paul is seeing huge things happen. He's, he's preaching the gospel and people are getting saved. The signs and wonders are following. God's healing. God's delivering. He, he's bringing all that the gospel represents. 
God's accomplishing great things through the Apostle Paul's ministry. But there's something that happens. I want us to look in verse 44 of chapter 13. It says, The next Sabbath, almost the whole city gathered to hear the word of the Lord. But when Jews saw the crowds, they were filled with jealousy and began to contradict what was spoken by Paul, reviling him. So here was Paul doing this good thing, seeing all this growth, all these positive things, so much so that the, after being there a week or two, now all of a sudden they're, they're coming the next week and almost, almost it says the whole city was come out. Well, I'm pretty sure the whole city was paying attention because the, the part that wasn't in the almost that showed up were the ones that re, were reviling him and coming against him, I'm pretty sure. That small group that was, was causing the stir, the small group that was making, making the most noise, they were coming out against him, reviling, contradicting him, it says. And it says in verse 46, And Paul and Barnabas spoke out boldly, saying, It was necessary that the word of God was spoken to you first, since you thrust it aside and judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Behold, we're turning to the Gentiles. For so says the Lord has commanded us, saying, That I have made a light for you a light for the Gentiles, that you may bring salvation to the ends of the earth. And when the Gentiles heard this, they began rejoicing and glorified the word of the Lord, as many were appointed to eternal life to believe. And the word of the Lord was spread throughout the whole region. You know, it's amazing. They didn't stop because they were contradicted or reviled. You know, I watch some men, uh, men that, that have ministries that are large ministries and, and large churches in some cases, but, but I see people that they are just, they are reviled. They are contradicted. They are, they are man, they're, they're, it's like they, they go out. And I, I watch them, and I don't hear them worrying a whole lot about the naysayers of those that come against them. Maybe some, uh, sometimes there, there's whole series is preached against what they're believing and what they're preaching and what they're teaching. And you know, I just sit back and people ask me once in a while, what do you think about that guy? Or what do you think about this ministry? Or what do you think about this? And I, uh, oftentimes I will just say, look, I think God's big enough to judge and handle that. I'm going to focus on what God's called me to do. I'm not going to worry, you know, it's kind of like we, we have a saying in my family, I'm, I, I, got en- I got enough to keep me busy just keeping me straight without having, trying to worry about everybody else. I don't have to try to keep uh, some other minister or preacher straight. I'm just going to let God handle that. And, and you know, there is, a, there is another old saying that I used to hear, uh, that I've used a lot, and that is, uh, you can eat the hay and spit out the sticks. You know, an old cow, when, when I, I put out a bale of hay, they don't always eat every bit of it. If it's really good quality, I've got some really good quality hay, they'll eat that dude down to the dirt. But there's others, they eat the good stuff, and they spit out the sticks. If there's something in that, you know, that isn't quite, as, you know, you, you kind of go, huh? Then you just kind of set that part, spit that part out. You might come back to it later, and you might find out it's pretty good, a little chewy, but it's pretty good. But you know, instead of just rejecting, how about we just receive it? But, but notice, they didn't spend all their time worrying about those people. He just said, you know what? If you don't want to hear it, we're going to Gentiles. He just, he just left it to God. Now see, you may not be in a, in a position that, that you're preaching like I'm preaching, and you may not hear, and I don't hear a lot of stuff, but, but once in a while you hear, you hear this or that. That's not the reason I'm preaching this. 
What I was thinking about as I, and what I shared on my Monday morning, you know, you may share to that loved one, to that family member. You, you may share to somebody at work. You, you may share what you know about the faith, faith about, about what God has done in your life. And, and they may reject you. They may contradict you. They may say, that's a bunch of hogwash. That's, I don't believe that. And you know what? You can either be stuck in the fact of what they're saying and the struggle and the tussle with that, or you give that to God and say, okay, God, I'm, I'm just doing what I'm assigned to do. I'm going to share what I know. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going to allow Him to be at work and, and, and trust it to God. But I'm going to go on. Notice, notice what he says here. In, it says in uh, verse 50, But the Jews incited the devout women of high standing and the leading men of the city, stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas, and drove them out of their district. Here God was doing all this work. The whole region was being affected. God was doing all this work. Mighty things are happening. And they drive him out. Drive them out. They, they, they push them away. Why? So they can have control of things. So they, they can, they can because, of, because of jealousy is what it said. Isn't it amazing? Well, he, he comes back and he, verse 51, he says, But they shook off the dust from their feet against them, and they went on to Iconium. And the disciples, notice this verse 52, And the disciples were filled with joy, and with the Holy Spirit. You, you, ever, you ever leave somebody's house or leave somebody's presence and you feel like the joy of the Lord and the, and the fin filling of the Holy Spirit? <laughs> I'm having a little fun with that. You ever go to family or friends sometimes where it's work? It's like, whew, man, I'm glad when that's over. I'm glad you get in the car. It's like, oh, hallelujah, I can, I can go on. Maybe that's kind of the way it felt. None of my family. Um, I, just, I mean, there might be some of them watching. I love all my family, right? I love all y'all, right? But there have been times, there's, there are certain people that, that, you know, it's easier to be around than others. But, you know, I'm having a little fun with that. But think about this. They didn't let what went on with those people weigh them down. And they, in fact, they didn't let it stick with them just any time at all. It said they went on to Iconium. Now I heard, uh, I, I was looking in, in this commentary, it's like 90 miles. I don't know how they got there, but it wasn't like I jumped in my car and drove 70 mile an hour to get there, right? They had to either walk or ride a chariot or ride a horse or, or you know, they, they, they were traveling pretty slow. So it was a long journey. They had a lot of time. One thing it doesn't say, and I, I'm going to assume that Paul and Barnabas didn't chew that up for 90 miles. They didn't cuss and discuss that for 90 miles. They, they didn't let that... Now, you know, I don't know how long it'd take them to, to travel 90 miles, but I'm sure it was more than a couple of days, maybe three days. We'll say maybe if they could make 30 miles a day, that'd be a pretty good day, I'd say. I know uh, my pedometer, I think is what you call it, the thing where you walk, you count your steps. When I've worked out here on Thursdays, that one, that one Thursday we went, we were 13 hours straight in the saddle. Needless to say, I couldn't just... Oh, I was hurting. 
After about seven, eight hours, everything after that, you're just numb. It's just, I mean, you just, it's, I, and I don't care. I mean, I'm not a young guy, but even the young guys, they'd ride by and they'd go, oh, my hips, oh, my knees. I'm like, shut up. You're 25, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Suck it up. And they go by and I go, oh, God. I mean, we're just hurting. Every once in a while, you just have to get off your horse. And I'm so, but my pedometer, my whatever you call that thing, it showed like 25 miles that I'd ridden that day on two, two different horses. And I mean, it was just agony. I, and and uh, we, we got down. I've, I've learned that I start getting off my horse and, and, and walking some and working gates and doing some stuff on, on foot for a little while. And, and it, it helps. That, that helps a little bit. But their 90-mile trip was not spent holding on to what they had cast off. There's something about that phrase, dust, d- knock the dust off your feet. What's he saying? Leave that stuff where it was and go on. See, leave it with God. Give it to God. Let God have it. If we'll learn to do that, see, there's a whole lot of things that some of y'all hold on to. There's, there's, there's some things I hold on to for a little while. There's times when something will eat on me and it'll eat on me and I'll think about it and I'll, I'll wake up and, it'll be, and I'll be thinking about this or that or the other. I know my, my wife doesn't lose sleep very often, but she, she had something going on in her life. She, she told me the other day, she said she woke up at like 3 o'clock, and she was still looking at, the, at 4, 4.30 or 5 o'clock. She was still, you know, she remembers seeing the clock. She'd been up thinking about this thing. It was running through her mind, some things that were going through her mind. It wasn't about me. That's all good thoughts, right? When wasn't any trouble with me. I wasn't in trouble. But I'm going to be. I'm working on it, aren't I? But here's the thing. God wants to take that. And that's the amazing thing. We got to be willing to dust our feet off. We got to be willing to dust that off. Let that go. Give it to God. This is a simple message today, but turn to 1 Peter chapter 5 and we'll see where the Apostle Paul was talking about this some more. Uh, let's see, where did I say? 1 Peter. Way back there towards the back. 1 Peter chapter 5. A familiar passage to, to some of you and, and many of you, I'm sure, because you know I myself have taught this a lot, and this ought to be a, a, a little block of Scriptures that you know well. It says, it talks about, verse 6 says, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God, so that in the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxiety on Him. I like, the, I like the way the King James says that I believe it's care. Cast all your care on Him. For He cares for you. He said, cast it on you. You say, you say what, what do you mean I'm not supposed to care? There's a difference between a, I, I care for you and, and I care about your problem and me carrying the weight and the care and the concern of something I'm supposed to give to God. This is a different author. We were talking about Paul saying it. Now we're or doing it. Now we're talking about the, the Apostle Peter and how he said, cast all your anxiety, all your care, all your worry, all your frets, all your concerns. All those words can be put in here. You know, just think about it this way. Every it, whatever is your it, Oh man, gas prices. 
Cast it on the Lord. Oh, how are we going to have enough money at the end of the month? We're going to have more. We've been having more month at the end of the, the, end of the money. Get, get, trust God. Cast the care over onto God. Now, does that mean you don't do anything? No. Let's keep reading right here. It's pretty interesting what he says. He says, for he cares for you. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Seeking whom he may devour. He's looking for somebody to devour. But notice, he's looking for one he can because if we, if we decide, choose to say, God, I'm going to cast the care onto you, and I'm going to be sober-minded. What's that mean? It means to be clear thinking. It means have your mind renewed to what does God's Word say. Every time an it comes into your life and, and something begins to, to, to rule over you and you begin to get anxious or you begin to get in worry or you begin to stress or you begin to fret, all of these things, we ought to be able to go to God's Word and set our mind on those things. Y'all hear this a lot. You know this. But how many times do we forget that I need, we need to set our mind on what God says? Why do, we, why do we talk about the offering? Because at this time, this is when we ought to be sober-minded, thinking about, God, what do you say where our finances are concerned? Not is there enough. Not is, oh, am I going to need this? Oh, God, what do you need? And how do you want to take care of me in the midst of this? Now, what is also sober-minded where our finances are concerned, we need to be asking God, God, what do I need to adjust and tweak in order to get through to the other side? You know, God didn't say there'd never be a drought. He said, I'm going to give you wisdom to get through the drought. Pray for rain. But make wisdom where the drought's concerned. There's certain things I'm doing preparing for a drought. I'm hoping we don't have one. I'm not expecting one. I'm not looking for one. But I'm prepared if it comes. I'm making those adjustments. What do we do where all areas of our life are concerned? Anything that we get worrisome about or concerned about or stressed about, we turn it over to God. Amen? If we'll learn to do that, we'll begin to walk. He says, be sober-minded and watchful. Watchful. What, what does it mean to be watchful? Think about that, having our eyes open, looking ahead, head on a swivel. <laughs> we were telling stories in there. <clears throat> I've got a bunch of Corrientes cows, and uh, they're, they're, y'all that don't know cattle and don't know, that's the ones they rope. If you ever watch the team roping, they'll, they'll rope them. They, all, they got horns. Now, they're not long horns. But they just, they got good horns, okay? Good sized horns, you know, the mama cows, have, you know, and they love to abuse one another. I mean, hook one another. They do not like small confined places. And we were talking about the, some of the, the, the there was a, a set of Hereford cows, it's a different type, but Hereford, horned Hereford cows that we used to have uh, years ago, that a place I worked in, this one old cow had her horns that grew, everybody else's, we tipped them down and we got them pointed down where they were, you know, they were, they were weapons, but not like this, this one old cow, we never did anything with hers, and hers turned forward and they weren't tipped. So they were sharp, and she knew exactly how to use them. And boy, you call those cows in, and you knew who was going to have their spot, whichever, and where was their spot? Wherever they wanted to be. That was her spot. And she come into the pen, and I mean, the rest of them cows had their heads on a swivel. Boy, they're looking. Where is old Bessie, whatever we called her? She's going to come in and make her spot. Now, I don't remember how I, oh, watchful. That's why I was just telling that story. That's why we got to be. <laughs> Man, I even spit on that one. That was good. 
<clears throat> there, there was a, a you've got to be watchful. You see, a lot of times we just get, I don't know about you, but sometimes we just get our head down and we, we're going to work. We we're get, get our head down. We're busy. We got our head down just focused on trying to get to make the next step. And exa- but being where God is concerned. Now, here's where God comes into the picture about our being watchful. He didn't say be watchful and worry. He didn't say be watchful and led by fear. He said be watchful, meaning be attentive to what's going on and tuned in to hearing God on now what do I do? I see something coming. You don't get in fear. We already cast anxiety on God. We, 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 we see something coming and we are being watchful means, God, I'm tuned in to you. God, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? How do I need to adjust? What, what do I need to do here to tweak, to, to curve this problem? I, I see this issue with my, my child. I see this issue with this relationship. I see this issue at work. I see this issue with health. I see whatever. If you can see it ahead of time, be watchful about it, then God can begin to direct you in what to do about it. Then we don't have to make decisions based on fear. Only decisions, or only big decisions I've made that have been wrong have been ones that I've been in a hurry, driven, pushing because of fear. You know, God will show us things out ahead so that we can prepare. We can be ready for it. Now, there's times you get surprised. There's times you you, you just, stuff just happens. But you know what? God still supplies. God still provides. And you know what? If you make a mistake, some of you are sitting there going, God, yeah, I know it. Doggone it. I didn't prepare or I didn't do or I wished I would have. And then what are you doing? You're holding on to everything in the past going, uh, and, and it's got you gripped. And you're going, man, if I'd have just done this, if I'd just done this, and doggone it, if I'd just done this. You know, there's a quick way to fix that is repent and say, Lord, forgive me. I blew it. I didn't listen. I was being in a hurry. I was whatever. Just give it to God and say, now, God, how do we fix it? How do we reset? You know, God, one of the greatest attributes of God, or one of the things that we receive with salvation is restoration. I said that kind of long and strange. You'll remember. Restoration. That means He'll restore things back to proper order. He'll, he'll bring things, turn things back around. Boy, I tell you what, I gotta, I gotta wrap this up. But, but I love the fact that that he says re, he, he goes on here. He says, he's, the devil's seeking somebody to devour. He says, what, what? Resist him firm in your faith. Verse nine, that the same, that knowing that the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world, and after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to the eternal glory in Christ, will Himself notice. Look at these words: restore, confirm, strengthen, establish you. To Him be glory, dominion, forever and ever. Man, I like that. Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You see, the Apostle Peter is just telling us, let God have it. Don't hold it. Don't be anxious. Shake the dust off your feet and move on. The moral of, of, or, or, the, or the rest of the story where Paul was concerned, he went to the next place, and you know what God did? Amazing things. 
And you know when he got there, there were people that did some of the same stuff. And what did he do? He said, all right, I see. There's, and over in chapter 18, I didn't get to read it, but over in chapter 18, he did the same similar thing. He shook his coat. He said, it's on you. I gave you the word. It's on you. I'm going to go on, and I'm going to go where I'm received. Man, I tell you what, what a blessing. Well, listen, whatever your it is, whatever's holding you back, whatever's got you in warrior stress, whatever, whatever, maybe, maybe bitterness, uh, 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 unforgiveness, a refusal to, to, to give grace to others, you've got to give it to God. Because I can tell you, you want to find a quick way to a life of misery, hold bitterness. Hold resentment. Hold, you know, be, 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 remor- be even, even with yourself, be remorseful. Remorseful would be, be being, holding that against yourself. Do you, know, do you know what? You failed, and so has everybody else in here. We all failed. We've all messed up. Remember, God is a God who restores. There's all kinds of things we'd sometimes love to go back and do different. Wouldn't it be, be nice to be able to jump in a time machine and go back a, a few years and fix that one deal, that one, that one relationship or that one health choice or that one thing that we did? One thing, wouldn't it be nice to go back? Well, here's the thing. We can go to God and allow God to restore. We can allow God to remove the burden and give it to God. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, we praise you and we thank you. The Lord, as we come before you today and tonight, as, 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 we, as, we, as we know that you know everything about us and yet you love us. You, you know that, that, that everything that we're facing and nothing's too big for you. Well, Father, our responsibility is to bring it to you. Now, Father, whatever it is in, in this place for each individual person, you may have your hands full of its. May this not be one, maybe multiple, but God can handle them all. If you in your heart of hearts can, can tonight just bring them to God and say, okay, God, I give this to you. Show me, lead me, guide me, direct me on how to deal with it. But Lord, I cast the care, the worry, the anxiety of it onto you. I'm going to unload this to you. If you'll just do that in your mind, in your heart, under your breath, just say, Lord, I give it to you. I give it to you. I forgive. I release. I repent. Whatever it is, it to you. My worry, I don't know how, but it is yours, God. I thank you, Lord. And I praise you for ministering that to us tonight. Now, Lord God, if there's anybody within the sound of my voice who's not made Jesus Lord of your life, the last thing you'd want to do is meet God without having Him as Lord of your life. We never know when our last breath will be. If there's anybody here who needs to make certain that they're ready to meet Jesus, you want to pray a prayer that says, Lord Jesus, I believe in you. Come to my heart and my life. Forgive me. Be my Lord and my Savior. That's a simple prayer that brings salvation. As everybody heads bowed and eyes closed, if there's anybody here who needs to pray that prayer, you want to raise your hand, I wave at me. Everybody else has got their head bowed, but you wait, make sure. Let me, okay, I see that. Anybody else want to acknowledge, I just want to make sure that I'm right with God. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. I confess Him as Lord. Anybody else? Let's pray this prayer together. 
pray. If you, everybody here can pray this prayer out loud. It's okay. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I believe that you are the Christ. I believe that you died for my sins and that you were raised again. Come into my heart, into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the amazing thing is, as the Bowen family is coming back to sing, the amazing thing is, is that even those that are online and you're watching, if you prayed that prayer, you, you've made Jesus Lord as well. And if you're here and maybe didn't raise your hand, but you prayed that prayer. I, I know people have sit in church for years, not sure, and then all of a sudden they were because they prayed that prayer. There's a follow-up to that. Bible says you acknowledge me before men, I'll acknowledge you before the Father. You need to come to me. You need to, you need to let us know online or here that you prayed that prayer. Well, you know, because we want to help you. There's, there's things back there on our table. There's little booklets that will help you get, get along in, in, in things. But uh, the, the Bowen family is going to come. They're going to sing another 15.